<laughs> yeah, we should have Christmas trees if we want to have Christmas trees. But you know what? What I really want to know, Malcolm, is I want to know our actual history of the Indigenous cultures, too. What do they have? Mm-hmm. What are their stories? And I think I think stories are so awesome. I'm going way non-political here. But you and I, think- I agree so much on this uh, particular, uh, what you're saying right this very moment, Jenna. And you know what? When I grow up, I want to be just like you. <laughs> uh, because you make so much sense. But, here, you know, when you just say, Jenna, Canada being multicultural like that, it really, in essence, is a lot like America in the way you're right. The settlers and the various uh, ethnic backgrounds and the uniqueness of the people. And I, like you, think the problem in this world and the problem in our country, as well as the world itself, Jenna, is that we're not celebrating the uniqueness of people. There's this thing, what what people are using to divide us is exactly what is attractive to me about the human race, Jenna Smith. Well, the big question on everyone's mind, it's a gender thing, or is it? World peace, religion, sex, money, politics, climate change, big business, big ideas, and big egos. Nothing is off limits. As I'm joined by some of the most accomplished and highly opinionated women from the far left, the far right, and the far reaches of the planet. This is Malcolm Out Loud, and you're listening to Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Pleasure. All right, so immigration is certainly one of the hottest topics in the world, and it certainly is here in the States as well. There's immigration, then there's illegal immigration, and the laws within the different countries are truly, truly fascinating. We have a, uh, a really robust conversation coming at you today, basically because we're going to have four different countries we're going to compare and contrast. And, and you know what, friends? <laughs> We're going to solve today the immigration puzzle that the politicians can't do. How's that? Excellent. <laughs> That's an upfront <laughs> offer you can't refuse. Uh, so our co-host today, Taz Thornton, is here. She's a best-selling author, UK's number one inspirational breakthrough speaker, and just a great good Get along, gal. How's that? Jennifer Breeden is here. She's an attorney specializing in international law, criminal law, and U.S. foreign policy. Shauna Peters, inner world explorer and guide, intuitive natural health practitioner. And Jenna Smith, a psychotherapist, coach, our human being expert. I just love that. She's the creator of You Are the Manual Self-Development Program. So let's get this right. Jennifer is from the United States. Taz is from the U.K. Shauna is from Costa Rica. Jenna is from Canada. And as you know, yours truly is from Pluto. So that gives you the whole program right there, okay? (laughs) Now, we're not going to do galactical uh, immigration today, ladies. We're going to do strictly the planet, okay? All right? (laughs) Uh, So let's get started in this thing. And immigration, it's a big conversation right now. And basically, it's because the president here in the States, ladies, as you know, ran on illegal immigration as a big deal. He ran on it with the wall and the, the building the wall on the southern border. Of course, we have the problems on the northern border as well. And you've got all kinds of nefarious things going on in drug trafficking. And you've got, you know, terrorist activities. And you've got the pure problem of illegal immigration, that they're breaking the law and those kinds of things. So it's a it's a heavy conversation. On the other side, you have the human factor, the compassion of people. And of course, the world is full of people who want to get in different country venues and points. Maybe they weren't born in the right country, wrong situation. I get that. I think we all get that. So there's the compassion side, and then there's the practicality side of 
And you know, the way I define it, ladies, is what really is the point of immigration? So I think if we can answer that question first, the politicians can't. So here's what you want to ask yourself in each, uh, practically in each country. Is the point of immigration to raise the standard of living or to do things that are, are of quality within your country? Or is it to take anybody and everybody who comes down the pike who needs a place to stay? And that really is, those two points of view are, they're total opposites of each other. And that's where immigration gets really, really challenging. Taz, let's talk about the UK. You, you've got some, your situation there is very similar to what some of the preventive measures here that the president here is trying to do. In regards Europe, this is one of the biggest problems of Europe that they've had. It's one of the biggest problems of why Brexit became Brexit. It's all stimulated from immigration and open borders and loosen the country and people coming in. And it became a very complex situation. As a whole, Taz, before we get into the specific policies, which I want to do in a minute, because here, Taz, we have what's called chain migration, okay? Mm -hmm. We have a lottery program, okay? Uh, We have DACA, the Dreamers. Uh, And these are some of the issues in the four-legged stool, which is what we call it here, that we're dealing with in the real immigration problem here in the States. How are things going in the UK right now from a vantage point of 30,000 feet? Have things settled down in that capacity as Brexit's heating up the departure of, of, uh, you know, the UK from the union there? Um, Tell me what's happening. What's the mindset? Well, it's a crazy old mindset. And there's not just one mindset because, of course, people aren't all the same. You know, me, I guess I'm kind of on the liberal side of all these things. I I wanted to stay part of Europe. So it's, it's a difficult one for me to answer because most of the people I tend to surround myself with have a a similar viewpoint what i can tell you is that it's really interesting because the area of of england i live in is kind of one of the one of the hot spots in terms of eastern european immigration if you look at any of the polls if you look at where the spikes were in voting over breakfast uh, breakfast breakfast brexit (laughs) i I, I need to eat my brexit today having breakfast Um, for breakfast Absolutely. And certainly where, where we are, the geographical area I live in, the, there's a spike there and it's very, very evident. Temperatures are still running high. Um, mm-hmm. if you, there's, there's still very, very obviously a divide between those who were for, those who were against. Not too long back, I was in Spain and talking to some of the locals over there. And as it happened, when I was in Spain, one day I was talking to, to an expat who'd come over from, from England and she was talking about how afraid people were over there and how it had impacted the housing market or the expats had sold their houses in a panic and that meant the rental market had gone crazy and they were all hoping that there was going to be a turnaround and of course the very next day the day i was flying back home was when when they announced that they'd sealed the deal so wow Wow. It's a tough one. Taz, when you say, I, I need you to explain something to me, please. When you, yeah, say you ha- when you say you have a liberal mindset in regards to, uh, I want to bring that into this conversation a moment. Yeah. When you say that, apply that process for us, please, to immigration. So what does that mean with immigration and illegal immigration? How open do you want, number one, your borders to be? Are you willing to take anyone and everyone? Is there a situation of... Uh, applying for this properly should everybody have the right to be there no matter if you want them or not 
You see, this is what, and I can be a little bit conflicted here, Malcolm, so you have to forgive me a little bit. Some of my own views I find clashing against each other quite violently at times. Mm -hmm. Where I get really hung up with immigration mm -hmm. is that if you look at, if you look at us, the kind of the, the, the Caucasian initial settlers, if you look at it, we have populated pretty much everywhere across the globe. And what gets us as a people riled up, or what seems to, particularly when you look at something like Brexit, is we look at the amount of, in air quotes here, foreigners who are coming to our areas. If you look at the area I'm in, it's very, very visible. You know, there are more uh, Polish and Eastern European supermarkets than we have UK supermarkets over here. Hmm. So it's really visible. And for those who are easy to rattle, you've only got to walk down the high street in kind of Lincolnshire, where I, where I am, and it, it, it smacks you in the face. Even I've struggled with that sometimes. But then I look at the other side of the coin and think, well, come on. If I go to another country, I want to go and experience the real country. I want to re really go and get a, you know, a right. little bit of culture over there. And yet I go to so many different countries, particularly foreign-speaking countries, and there, in front of everything else, is kind of Sid and Ethel's English burger bar. You know, we expect to go everywhere else, and yet we object when the same thing happens to us. And that's where I get stuck. Yeah, but me, you're talking. Yeah, but Taz, you're talking about a holiday versus a permanent move. You understand? Let's. Well, no, I mean, no, I'm not, Malcolm. No? Because oh. again, go back to the conversation I was having in Spain. Okay. I'm talking there to lots of of people who have come from the UK okay. and have gone to live in sunnier places. We can't have our cake and eat it, and yet that's what we seem to do. We seem to think that we should be able to have free borders and go ever, wherever the hell we like. Right. But if people come over to us and it's a little bit different, oh, we don't like All right, that. so Some what you're saying is that in the West, we sort of think we're a little privileged somehow, maybe. Uh... Oh, my God, yeah, we so do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, all right, I just need to put it out there. So the whole concept of protecting borders there, though, in the UK, just answer this before we get move off of this point. Do you support protecting your borders there in the UK or not? To an extent, but not with such a heavy hand that we've been talking about. I see. I see. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So, all right. You're still trying to figure it all out, though. I can tell that. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, not a do cut we and have dry. Yeah. do we have space for everybody? Right. No. no of course we no, don't. No, but no. is there give and take? Yeah, sure yeah. there is. There's a we lot are... of gray area here, Taz. Yeah, a lot yeah. of gray area in immigration. Yeah. You're so right. Yeah, Taz. If I come out there for a holiday, would you have space for me, love? I've hardly got space for me at the moment, Malcolm. But you can sleep in my car or something. Yeah, we'll find, we'll find you, room, you, Malcolm. We'll you, find you'll move space. the car out somewhere, maybe. You say, <laughs> put me in the yeah. garage, right? Of course, <laughs> you yeah, are, we'll, man. we can put you in the garage. You no can worries. see that now. I arrive at her home with with suitcases, kids, and I'm there for the holiday. Taz, I'm here. Oh, I didn't expect you this. Early. Oh, well, here I got a spot in the garage for you. Come on in, Malcolm. All right. Oh, thank yeah. you. We're right where the broom. For the kids, they're called car boots. Yeah, no worries. Taz, right where the broom closet is, right? All right, yeah. uh, Shauna Peters, I, I find this interesting because here's what I want you to do. You moved from Canada to Costa Rica. So yes. you, that you immigrated to another country in that regard. And I want you to talk about mm -hmm. that a moment in regards to how easy or difficult was that number one for you to move from Canada to Costa Rica? You see where I'm going, you know? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. uh, and what do you think about the general immigration policies of Costa Rica? How protective are they or are they not there? But start with that move first. What, what happened there? Um, yeah, so I'm somebody that Taz was just talking about. I want to live elsewhere than my home country and uh, take that slice of the cake, right? Um, so, so take those slices of cake, Taz thought, yeah. and you hear her tell 
you off. <laughs> Absolutely, but it's got to be two ways. Yeah, I'm willing to give the slices of cake too. I'm, I'm pretty, yeah, I agree with you there. So anyways, in coming here, I mean, the process wasn't terribly difficult in terms of paperwork and that type of thing, although it took 25 months to... Um, for it to be processed. Mm -hmm. So I've been living here two and a half years and I just became a temporary resident a couple months ago. Hold, hold on, hold um, on, hold on. A temporary yep. resident. Now tell me what that means and yeah. how did you, how did you so, get that temporary residency? Yeah, so I'm a temporary resident and that means I've um, entered the country under um, one of four different categories. So a temporary resident can come in because they have a pension that's being paid and so you need to um, have... Um, proof that you're being paid at least a thousand dollars us per month um, from another country um, you can also come in as an investor and i believe that means you have to spend more than two hundred and fifty thousand us wow. dollars in the country that could mean buying a house interesting um right so well they always said then, uh, shauna money talks and you know what walks go ahead it does, and it definitely does in Costa Rica. Hmm. So there's also an income-based residency. Mm -hmm. So maybe you have investments or something of more than okay. $2,500 uh, $2, US a month coming in from somewhere. You okay. just have to show proof of that. Or you have family already living here. Um, so those are the ways you can come in as a temporary resident. Interesting. Costa Rica has a pretty liberal um, hand also okay. for refugees and migrants. Okay. Um, they're actually... Uh, do an excellent job. So we have a very large encampment currently in the Costa Rica border south of Nicaragua. So the government um, does quite a bit to take care of them as much as they can. This is still like a very poor country and they allow a hundred people a day to come in from their southern border. So people want to flow from like Panama, Colombia, up through Central America, right, into right. Mexico or the United States, and it's Nicaragua that won't let them in. So even though they've been camped there for several years, Costa Rica still lets in a hundred migrants a day. A hundred. Uh, hold on, a hundred migrants a day. Okay. Yes. In, in Costa Rica, <laughs> Shauna, yeah. what is the standard of living there? What What is an average uh, salary a, a year uh, for uh, someone in Costa Rica, please? Average. Yeah, um, that's not something I specifically looked up. You do have to understand I am not fluent in Spanish either. So, um, But the disparity between the lowest social economic, mm -hmm. ugh, I'm having trouble with two Taz, um, <laughs> standard of living and the top standard of living is, it's almost hard to take in. And I'll see them both uh, in the same day. So, you know, we've got like Tiffany's and, you know, Carolina. It's Rhea, the haves and have-nots again. The haves and, and have-nots, right? Yeah, and I have people living in, you know, houses forged okay. out of sticks and used metal. Right, it's, it's like every, it's the whole world is that way. It's the haves and have-nots. I mean, there are those who have it and those who don't and those who want it and those who steal it and those who do bad things and you've got all kinds of people. Okay, Miss Jenna. Uh, Jenna Smith, you are in Canada. Kind of weird. Uh, the country that uh, our dear friend Shauna um, immigrated from and to Costa Rica. So tell us here, policy-wise in Canada, Jenna, within the framework of what we've talked about already, 
are you happy with their immigration policy as a whole? How are the borders protected for Canada? Is it easy? Because there were a lot of talk with in recent days, Jenna, with the prime minister coming out and making a kind of a bit of an ass of himself, as I recall, uh, <laughs> in, in my words, exactly, but uh, in others, too, uh, with the idea he was going to take all kinds of refugees and people that were whatever, X, Y, Z. And he got a lot of help for that. He was really yeah, he did. a bit restless, don't you think, love, or what? Yeah, yeah, he's trying to be too popular and friendly with huh. like that whole "I'm the super nice guy" thing. You know. Yeah, we had a president like that for eight years. We got rid of him. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So, now we got an asshole um, in there. Go ahead. You know. So, <laughs> We've gone from one extreme to the next, Jenna. Go ahead. <laughs> that that whole like you know you have to run the country you're running you know and consider the people that are in it and you know back in the whenever we were settlers like you can't just have a whole bunch of people come in and all of the supplies are gone and and it'd just be mayhem like no one would it wouldn't work for anybody so there's a certain amount of balance i see on both sides but as we are all in agreement the border protection being in incredibly violent and strict and treating people poorly i think is the part that i always will have a problem with like okay. the the treatment of people right uh we have a merit system to bring people actually into immigration so there's the refugee thing and then there's the immigration right so the two different things but um so so basically we have a merit system and that's what um they've been talking about that they want to move the u.s to a merit system where there's certain amounts of um, understanding of who's coming into the country. Well, so, so Canada, they, they, they want, so let's just, as I was pointing out to Sean a moment ago with Costa Rica, with all the rules they have about money and investments and dollars, what have you. I mean, Canada yeah. wants a decent standard of living. Necess yeah. I mean, right? So That's the, yeah. Right. Yeah. So education, I mean, language skills, so right, that, you know, right. like some English, some French, we're French and French and English country. Um, some experience and some... In, in our world, Jenna, we call that freaking English. But go ahead, French and English, same thing, same thing. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, Quebec is very different. <laughs> like I've been there, done that. I know. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, very French. And um, uh, their age uh, will determine certain points. And so, basically, they, they add up certain points of um, their experience and adaptability. Mm -hmm. And yeah. well, they and then there's all this talk about Canadian culture, like you're talking about with Taz, like... Where where's the point where we'll lose our culture because right. we're trying to be so nice? Well, to that's a problem else. Europe's having a lot of Jenna. They're having a lot of problems with what you just spoke about losing cultural. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's a it's a phenomenon over there in a lot of these small countries because of the open borders and people are just coming and going as they please, and it's just changing everything. You know. Well, it's the it's not so much the coming and going; it's the coming and settling, and then uh, not, <laughs> that's true. Not that's true. <laughs> you know, creating well, coming and going between countries. But culture. you're right. You're right. You're 100 yeah. It's the yeah, Wayne yeah. in Rome thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, where the Buffalo roam. Hey, Jenna, I gotta ask you something about Montreal. You've been to Montreal, yeah? Yeah. Jenna, okay. Do you ever been to the zoo there, the Grand B Zoo? No. No. Do you, do you ever do you ever hear of that before the Grand B Zoo? Does that sound familiar? Am I making that up, or is that a real zoo there? Well, it might be. I just haven't been. <laughs> well, check it out, somebody, while I'm talking here. I don't want to get distracted. Check and see if Montreal, the Grand B, G-R-A-N-B-Y, if I remember right now, this is a long time ago, and and I wasn't drinking that day, so I think it was real experience. <laughs> but but Jenna, well I have to I have to tell you the story. So I was a really young young man, like, and I decided, and I had like little little children, and I was traveling to Canada for the day. Now, if you've ever traveled through customs, through the border, this is, you know, traveling to get to Canada for the day. And, you know, you've got to cross the border, make sure everything's in order. You want to get back over the border. You don't want to, you know, had all these, you know, where are we going to stay? What are we going to do? You know, 
before you're really sophisticated as a world traveler. You know what I mean, Jenna? So you yep. you have all these kinds of weird questions, like you know whatever. And I remember going to the Grand V Zoo that day, if that zoo is the name of it, and I could have it screwed up, I don't know, in Montreal. And I remember the, the real how to do to get in and out and the border crossing to get in, in back and forth to Canada was a real pain in the ass. Um, you know, all of the questions and the drill. And, and this was before 9-11, actually. And, you know, and, and, you know, we're supposed to have a kind of an open border sort of thing with Canada. But, you know, I remember yeah. back then, I don't know, maybe I just had some bad people that day. I don't know. But, it, but I remember that experience. Well, did anybody look up the Granby Zoo, by the way? Does it exist? Yeah. Is it a real zoo? Yeah, it does. It oh, does. all right. There is a you know, God, Sean Peters. We're right. drunk, you know. <laughs> 4.5 stars on Google, so it must be good. You oh, know, yeah, it was really fascinating. Shauna, and the reason <laughs> I, I'm so excited there, because I'm relying on my, my memory, they're going back a lot of years Shauna I mean a lot of years and I haven't said that story ever and now I still remember the zoo name so that's kind of had an impact on me didn't it huh you know as a young man apparently yeah so you were really kind of freaked out by all the questions yeah and then I had to get back over the border before it was dark we didn't want to stay at a hotel there we want to change the currency over and it was all this baloney and it's like oh my god but it was a beautiful day it was a great the the visit to the zoo and all was fantastic yeah I think it would depend on each place for sure. Canada is quite different as you go across. And, um, you know, again, especially places like Toronto and and then any other. It's an amazing country. Hey, by the way, Jenna, real fast, not that we're not doing a tourist segment here, but I got to tell you here a moment. (laughs) I was recently in, uh, not too long ago, in uh, Ottawa. Ottawa? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What a beautiful city that is, love. Yeah, that's our capital. Yeah, yeah I, I know it is. I love it. And it, it, what's cool about a city is there's a lot of art and culture there and museums and just stuff that yeah. I like really dig, you know, and combining mm-hmm. all of that with uh, with this beautiful city. You, you wouldn't even know sometimes it's a government city because of all of the culture there. You know, it's kind of cool. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of that whole Canadian yeah. culture, right? The way they connected uh, all that is really, really cool. And uh, I had a I had a grand old time and walk. You can walk there forever for miles and miles. Anyways, I know we're not doing a tourist section, so let me move off of Ottawa here. Now everyone just wants to immigrate to Canada. Ah, now we just we just screwed up your immigration program here. So, all right, let's bring Jennifer Breeden into this conversation and talk about a little U.S. policy. So, Jennifer, all right, so I know, I know your head is spinning at this point. I get it. But here, listen to me now, Jennifer. You and I come from the same land, the land of the free and the home and the brave or something like that, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Now, I, like I migrated here from Pluto, so you, you're different. You were born here. I was born on Pluto and hijacked here later. So, you know, there's a little <laughs> difference between us, darling, but that's my story. I'm sticking with it. And uh, so we're both kind of a quasi uh, a stateside here, if you will. And um, we have a real big problem going on with immigration right now. In fact, it's, it's really uh, stifling uh, the government uh, wheels right now. They're talking about closing the government and all of this business. It's, it gets really complicated. Um, but talk to me on the, you know, you heard Taz and you heard, uh, I like this uh, full conversation where, Jenna, you were just saying that we want a quality of living. There's a standard you have to go through. See, here's the bitch of it. Here in the States, there's this attitude coming from the far left, many of our liberal friends, but not liberal like and centrist minded like common like like people that have common sense like Taz Thornton. I'm talking lunatics to the far left who can't they're so far to the far left they can't see their belly button anymore. You understand? I mean, that's really pretty shitty, you know, when you can't see your belly button anymore. Well, that's, that, that's far left. The, the far left in the U.S. is different than liberals all over the world. Isn't that true, Because every time I travel honey? outside of the country, I find myself in the liberal crowds. 
And so, yeah. Yeah, Jennifer, thank you for saying that. That is so that is so blessed accurate. And yet here they it's like they ta- they've tattooed that word. They've made it a horrible situation here. Um it's like a disease here or something. I they and they actually that whole party has hijacked the party. They're going so far off the cliff, Jennifer. Do you do you agree with that? They're going so far off the cliff they can't see straight anymore. I do. Um, I don't think it's all of them, but I do think it's the vast majority. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, hijacked the party and, and made these um, party lines, these words, this ver- this verbiage that they use that's uh, really of, um, well, one, they have completely demonized, um, you know, being, quote, American. So if somebody was to move to the UK or to Costa Rica or to Canada, wherever that is, you know, you generally move there because you appreciate the way of life and you want to assimilate. That's the whole difference. And that's what I think Jenna right. was getting to was, yeah. you know, you assimilate to the culture. Yes, you keep your cultural values of course you do you keep your religion your faith right. and, and your own uh cultural norms in your house but then you assimilate to that society you assimilate the society you lived in and um and so we have in this country this this group this far left who's saying it's bad to be an american there you're almost demonized for saying that you would want that and um that everybody should be able to have their pockets everywhere they go and do anything and i think that that's the biggest problem because it's confusing people another thing and Another one of the problems with immigration, there are many that I can get to, but with the immigration system or this talk, I should say this talk on immigration, is uh, that uh, a lot of these people have come out, and these are the people that are very, very anti any kind of immigration reform or very, you know, um, in favor of open borders, things like that. But they've come out basically yeah. saying, because the whole statement about Trump, like him or not, you know, we don't have to be a huge fan of his right, character or personality, right, but. Right. They're, they hate him so much that the verbiage that's come out, the statement that's come out, the narrative with Trump is, you he's going to deport you. If you are not here and you don't have you right. know, a citizenship, right. you're going to be deported immediately. And that's just simply not true. I can't tell you how many clients I have, one I'm working with right now, and trying to explain you're not just going to be deported. Um, this isn't going to happen. Well, gonna Jennifer, you. You're going to get out. Listen, we, we're gonna, you and I are going to pick it up on the other side of the pause here, but I want, I'm, we're, I'm having such a great conversation. I've gone right by the break already, so I need to catch myself real fast here um but i want to say when you talk about it in the way that you just did jennifer i find it interesting that a lot of these people that you say well they don't want this they don't want that they don't want which is why i was questioning a moment jenna and questioning shauna and and taz in their respective countries like what are the rules of engagement for immigration jennifer because you're so right with what you say many of them don't want any restrictions whatsoever they want some like free wheel in society and you know the definition definition of that Jennifer that I say is like they don't if that's the real case that these people don't think we need some sort of rules of engagement then you know what they don't really want to live in a country because if you don't have your sovereignty you don't have a country anymore and in which case you live in a barn we'll be back in just a moment
Out Loud perspective awaits you in life, love, politics, a healthy lifestyle, your faith, personal development, and living an out loud life on AmericaOutloud.com. Glitcher News and Entertainment Network, where you can listen 24-7 on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa, award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. We're back with you talking immigration here, friends, on Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Pleasure. And Jennifer Breeden is here, Taz Thornton, Shauna Peters, Jenna Smith, and Malcolm Outloud. And we're having a grand old time. We're trying to solve this immigration puzzle. Jennifer was on to something kind of cool before the pause, and I went so far over the break. I'm I'm so involved in this conversation because I'm talking about immigration ladies on so many levels with so many brilliant people on our platform at America Out Loud in so many shows and different things. So I'm very wound up about this. So forgive me if I sound a bit uh, like I'm on, you know, uh, uh, Sudafed this morning or something, whatever the hell that stuff does to you. I have no idea, but I don't know. I I hear people say, I don't know what that does. Anyways, Jennifer Breeden, talk to me, please. Now let's pick it up where we left off and then we'll go to Jenna and get her input as well here that the politicians here in the immigration program here stinks like a bad rotten egg that has been left under a porcupine for three weeks over Sunday. Okay. And I'll Mm -hmm. explain why that is. We have what's called a lottery program, a Visa lottery program. Now, what this means is that you can, you, if you hit the lottery in your country, no matter where, what, how, and what, you can apply to be in the lottery, and then it's almost like no questions asked. You'll get a high ticket speed rail right into this country. You are part of this lottery plan. Now, you can come in through a lottery plan and you can be a bad cat. You can be somebody with no values whatsoever. You could be a terrorist. You could be this. You could be a drug dealer. You could be a million things. Doesn't matter. Okay? Now, you come into the lottery plan. Now, the next thing is we have what's called chain migration. Chain migration is where you can bring your cousins, your friends of cousins, your cousins of cousins, your uncles and aunts and sons and ten times removed. I mean, by golly, the, the, uh, the, the, the chain migration plan then allows you to open up and bring all the people that you want to bring with you, which now is a real problem because Jennifer, and they use that in a very nefarious way. Now, you, if you're planning and you know these cats are planning, Jennifer, now you've got a bad cat who's planning to be part of a family and they're part of a family and they're going to get in through this quasi, you know, three times removed. We never know who these people are. I mean, who's checking who? And then... We have the Dreamers, the DACA. So all these people came to this country illegally. This country, um, uh, uh, 
didn't do a good job with handling immigration over the past many, many years, decades in the making. Many, many politicians have screwed this program up badly. And you have all these kids here now that are here illegally. They were here from little kids. They call them dreamers, the DACA kids. And these kids only know America. They're actually more like American, Jennifer, wouldn't you say, than they are of their oh, they origins, are. They right? They absolutely are. Right. That's all they know. And, but yet they're not really legal here. They're illegal. I mean, how sick is that? And, of course, their parents broke the law or their aunt and uncle or somebody broke the law. Yet we don't – then we have all of – oh, it gets really nasty. Then you've got people running around doing stuff and you've got sanctuary cities and you've got rogue cities and states and you've got – Jennifer Breeden, this is becoming a hellhole. It's becoming a mess. And the whole reason that this um, happened, you know, and I think there's there's two ways to go about this. There's one to just say, you know, it, it's horrible. What are we going to do? Clean house, start over. Or, I mean, like, what what is the way to stop this? What has happened? You know, how to vet these people, how to go through this? Because I think some of the conversations around the Dreamers, the DACA, we're talking about these children, these parents. I mean, so let's just let's just throw it out there. A lot of the times it's uh, now the conversation has been around Mexico. And, you know, I've been to Mexico. I've worked. Uh, there was an orphanage there I was working with and I was speaking to some of the people down there. And um, you really there is no such thing as being able to have a savings account or plan a better life for your children. Uh, most jobs are government sanctioned uh, so you barely get a paycheck what you get is basically a stipend in order to feed your family or pay your rent but the government pays everything else and so there's really no way you can ever save up and so these parents will either want to leave uh, to get just a better life for their kids to be able to have a job or for their kids to do that but then what you have is tens of thousands and there are actually like camps there are places uh, where some of these kids have to go because they might get separated from their parents in the process of coming over here and then they have absolutely nothing these are just children and um, and, and so that's one of the reasons they I you know I think they've wanted to change this so much and there are other ways I mean you talked about chain migration there's also a million other ways and I think we get lost especially as Americans we get we're so uh, ignorant about all the different facets of it and we get lost in the difference between refugees and asylum seekers and immigrants and families based visas and then you know victims of uh, t- trafficking or domestic violence or things like that you know there's there's a million different ways you can go about doing this but then you also have these people yelling and screaming saying you're just going to get supported because you're here so for example one of my clients right now is actually a woman from Mexico um, she did she did come here illegally she was an illegal migrant uh, she came she brought her two sons because her husband was abusive her ex-husband in Mexico is abusive and uh, wanted a better life for her sons wanted to escape from him and, um, you know, her, both of her sons now, uh, well, one of her sons is a permanent resident now. He's gone and undergone a status. And she started uh, trying to fill out paperwork and talk to lawyers about getting her getting her visa. And suddenly the communication came in with uh, Trump. Well, Trump wants to, uh, he's going to deport you immediately. And she was so terrified of being deported back to a husband who's going to abuse her that she was even afraid to talk to a lawyer because in her mind, the media has been telling her that you're just going to be deported in five seconds. This is a woman who, even though she wasn't here legally, has worked and paid taxes every year and found a way to pay taxes using a, a temporary you know, registration number. So we're not talking about the kind of nefarious criminal behaviors of some of the illegals that come in, which of course is a whole different subject. But um, but even with that, it's it's this whole idea of I'm so terrified of this U.S. government, this big monster that's going to you know deport me, that I'm trying to get my legal documents in order. And now I'm even afraid to do that because I'm just going to be hated. President hates me. Everybody hates me. A lawyer will call the president because, you know, she thought that was a possibility. And uh, and so it's, it's getting to a point where we understand the immigration system. I mean, the way Sean was able to lay it out, Taz and Jenna 
you know, hey, here are the four categories. Here's what you can do. Here are the other options there. I mean, here we have a billion different categories, a billion. And people will sometimes try to go through things and they don't even know where to start. And they certainly can't afford to hire a private immigration attorney at 10,000 bucks, you know, flat fee. And so it's uh, well, it, then they the become a product way. of the system at that point, Jennifer. I exactly. mean, that's they become what a product happens. And they're afraid they're just going to get deported. Well, I'm already in the country. You know, I'm just I'm naturally going to get deported if I start the paperwork because they're going right. to know that I live here now. Right. So it, it's part of that fear. And it's part of educating, you know, because mm-hmm. I think they're I think it's, I'm and I'm only talking about Mexico now. Obviously, I do a lot of the work in the Middle East. I know some of the nefarious characters and the plans to get in right. there and things like that, that, that we need to work on our vetting system. Um, that would be. Well, that was a big problem. That's one of the yes. things the president uh, ran on, Jennifer. And that's where he's gotten a lot of help from the courts as well, you know, with the vetting, vetting people. But what's wrong with vetting people? All right, listen, Jennifer, I want to give you an opportunity right now. You're going to step up right this moment and you're going to address the United Nations. Now, the United Nations is going to give you, the attorney, Jennifer Breeden, who understands immigration, they're going to give you probably 90 seconds. They're going to give you a minute and a half. Two minutes, they're going to shut your mic off on you. So they're going to give you no more than 120 seconds, but they'll give you, they're going to tell you, you know, they'll give you 90 initially seconds. You get up to the mic, you're at the United Nations, you're going to, the whole world is looking at you, and you're going to tell them not what the problem is, you're going to tell them what the answer is for immigration in this country. And, and, and so, and I'm going to give you that time, and then we're going to have Jenna do the same thing and tell us what her United Nations speech is. Let's, let's start. So you've got 90, 120 seconds. How do you fix immigration? Jennifer. Well, this is kind of a problem for me because I don't think the U.N. cares what the U.S.'s problem is. They basically <laughs> tell the U.S. what to do with immigration. But, um, but, yeah, but yeah, I'll play along. I'll play along. I love All right, it. so here I we go. I love it. Um, well, uh, so here's the problem with immigration right now. And so first I'm going to start with refugees because that's been a big talk here. Um, actually, the U.S. does have a very strong vetting uh, process of refugees. And in fact, it takes about two and a half to three years currently. And that's before any of the Trump things uh, just to bring in a refugee family here. The U.S. is allowed to make their laws. Uh, the problem, and this is what I'll say addressing the U.N., the problem is that we can only choose refugees based on you guys' protocol, talking to the U.N. here. We can only choose refugees based on those who are in your refugee camps. Here is how you set up your refugee camps camps in war-torn areas and regions like this. You set them up by local people. You don't vet these local people. You set up a camp and all your funding goes to that and only refugees can be picked through there. So say you set them up in the middle of somewhere in the Middle East where there are more people with more fundamentalist ideologies that aren't as friendly to Christians or Yazidis or other minorities. You set up these camps and then the Christians and Yazidis and minorities want to come into this UN camp and suddenly they're now overwhelmed by it uh, by not only a camp that's run by locals but locals that aren't vetted that might be more fundamentalist that actually turn them away and say either we cannot protect you because there are fundamentalists in here they're not isis but they are going to persecute you within this camp and we don't have the security to protect you so you need to go somewhere else so you have the actual people that are products of persecution that we would want to come to other countries that aren't even allowed in your un camps that's the first problem the second problem is that there is a vast misunderstanding and just an inability to even discuss religion i work with muslims in the middle east and they are the people on the front lines uh, targeting these terrorist activities, these jihadists and things like that, they're the first ones that understand it. So either we have two sides and you're making it so that we either cannot talk about Islam, cannot even discuss it, cannot even get to it, and we're chastised if we do, or on the other side, we're just saying, keep all keep all of them out. We're uh, Keep all of them out. We're not even going to trust any Muslims. We're not even going to go there when there are some incredible people. And so because of that d- differentiation in the United States, our biggest problem is that we have absolutely no one in a policymaking power that has any idea what the actual problem is, any any desire to talk about it from the left or the right, they're going to be targeted. 
And, and that's the first place that we need to start is to actually understand this and come up with a vetting system, know how to ask the proper questions, know the people that understand it and be able to use the allies, even the people within those countries that have that have tried to you know fight against fundamentalists, even if they're Muslim themselves, uh, to really understand this, because other than that, we're never ever going to get to a place where we and, uh, where we understand the problem and we can protect our country. And that seems to be where they're headed right now uh, because, you know, they're just out of control and they're not really looking at the problem. They've isolated themselves to, well, the problem is here. And, you know, Jenna, here in the States, what, what the bigger problem for immigration here is, you see, they <laughs> this is the way it works here. I don't know about there, but the the the, the uh, political party, the other side, doesn't want to give a success to the president. See, because he already had a success with tax reform. If they give him immigration and he gets an infrastructure, now he's going to be a very successful, popular president, and that's not that's not good. It's good for the country, but it's not good for their political party because they're that's what happens here. So then you see the power you seek gets in the way of governing because you're no longer governing. You're spending your time trying to stay in power. When you lose power, it's a bitch, Jenna. You know. No longer have anything you see <laughs> and that's what's happened here so that's why it's very impractical what's going on here and the problems are not being solved they're just kicking the can around and acting like a bunch of children schoolyard children they need to be slapped jenna you're the psychotherapist what the hell would you do with them oh my gosh <laughs> i don't know my head's spinning right now <laughs> come like- on Slap them, Jenna. Slap them. Go ahead. (laughs) So, all right, you're talking to the United Nations. You're up at the UN now. You uh, you understand the psychological value. You kind of hit it a little bit ago. There's a human factor involved. You you're a very um, passionate, passionate, caring person. How do you juggle all that and balance that with, again, following the rules of the road? And what sort of an immigration program should Canada have? Because I have to tell you one other little secret, Jenna, that I I did want to mention to you today, is that there are some nefarious characters coming into Canada. And they're coming into Canada to try to get into the States because it's easier to get into Canada than it is to get to fly there to do things than it is to get here in the States from various countries. So there and because the prime minister out there is a buffoon. And so they, they're trying I think to get... you're generalizing some of this a little bit, Malcolm, because it's not exactly <laughs> easy, considering your day at the zoo, you, your own experience. Well, it's, that was a long I, time ago. That was, that was, before the, that was yeah, when the pilgrims landed. let everybody in. And yeah. we're like, yeah, go kill Trump. Like, I mean, no. <laughs> like, well, not- what I wanted to point to, <laughs> yeah, and then I'll I mean, shut I mean, up a minute, is did you see the Veritas Project? They did some experiments coming out of Canada into the States. They came right across the Great Lakes. They put ISIS masks on their heads. And they came right across in motorboats, right into the museums in major cities, uh, right into Illinois and Ohio and all of this, right into from the Great Lakes. And it was unbelievable, the experiment, the Veritas Project. They go undercover a lot, but they showed the vulnerability of folks coming in from the northern border as well. What do you say to that, Jenna? Well, I I think terrorism is a global issue. Like, it isn't like Canada, states, this, that. Like, it's, I think globally people want to address that equally, okay? They could work together to do the terrorism thing. Like, how they come in, I mean, that's definitely not my area of expertise. Um, but, you know, I don't think our immigration system is too bad i actually like the idea of okay well if you want to live here here's what it's like to live in canada um you know how we treat refugees and as jennifer was speaking there's so many differentiations of well how are we treating global human beings coming into the country that's 
there's so many things to say about that. If I was to speak to the UN, mm. I wouldn't be articulate at all because I would need much more time to think about it. Now, hold on, it's hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I would hold on. We're going to take a fast pause. We're going to come back. Jenna's going to tell us right then. I want to hear Jenna Smith, the psychotherapist, the brilliant mind there she is, be totally, uh, what did you say? Um, Inarticulate. Not, I don't know about the politics as much. <laughs> good, good. I love that. I love that. She's going to be not very, very not very articulate, uh, which uh, sounds like this is going to be quite a scene to see. And we'll see that okay. in just a moment here. The goal is to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world to unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. News blogs, informative podcasts, and entertaining videos. It's AmericaOutloud.com, where the conversation never ends. With 24-7 streaming on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. We're talking immigration, friends, today on life, liberty, and the pursuit of pleasure. And we are solving the problems here that the big, bad politicians can't do. How's that? <laughs> and we're doing it here with Jennifer Breeden, Jenna Smith, Shauna Peters, Taz Thornton. So let's do it. Uh, uh, we were talking here, Jenna, before the pause here. You had this. You were going to be very uh, – you talked to the United Nations. You are going to be very mm-hmm. – it's very unusual for you to be – um, not articulate. Ar- not articulate because you're a very articulate woman. You're a very passionate woman. You, I mean, you're 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 a brilliant mind. You're one of the brilliant, extraordinary women on this show. So Thanks. tell me how you're going to be a slob at the United Nations now, please. <laughs> 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 okay, so essentially, I'm going to sound so non-political, but I I, I I think okay, if we look at immigration, we look at Canada, we look at keeping just. Well, I'll speak about Canada. If we look at keeping Canada having some sense of culture that we need to open our ways of thinking of what is our culture and include the indigenous communities. And they're doing that in the reconciliation act. And then if we bring in the, the immigrate, the immigration laws and we bring in people from asylum, because I think that's part of Canada's culture is to be um, the nice, you know, the nice people. But the problem is, is that you don't want to have everyone come in. As you said, Malcolm, they're coming in, then they can come somewhere else and they can cause some damage. I don't think Canada is that lenient on people. I think that they okay. did just find a way in. But there does need to be that perfect balance. Is that I think the structures they have to, okay, they they go through this whole process, this two-year process of interviewing them and finding out the type of person they are. But what the the thing that I wanted to say on today's show was that the I just feel like we're so blinded because here there's this native communities and I feel very strongly about that culture coming back up and that we do need to celebrate the individuality of these native communities mm-hmm. and then have the growth of the cultures be on the global planet. So I look very much on the global planet, but I also acknowledge that Canada is a country. They need to protect its citizens and that's why we pay them taxes. So, you know, am I going to talk to the UN about this? This is just more what I think about it. But we do need to also include it all and embrace all of these different cultures and celebrate what's good about them, but then also have the laws to protect against the things that aren't working. You know, I, I hate calling it holiday, um, like the political correctness, like it's holiday Christmas. It's not a Christmas tree. It's like, no, but we have Christmas trees here. Right, like that's, right. that's what we have going on. So what I tell that to the UN, no, but I would say, basically, basically, yeah, we should have Christmas trees if we want to have Christmas trees. But you know what, what I really want to know, Malcolm, is I want to know our actual history of the indigenous cultures too. What do they have? Mm-hmm. What are their stories? And I think, 
I think stories are so awesome. I'm going way non-political here. But you I and think- I agree so much on this uh, particular, uh, what you're saying right this very moment, Jenna. And you know what? When I grow up, I want to be just like you. <laughs> uh, because you make so much sense. But, here, you know, when you just say, Jenna, Canada being multicultural like that, it really, in essence, is a lot like America in the way you're right. The settlers and the various uh, ethnic backgrounds and the uniqueness of the people. And I, like you think the problem in this world and the problem in our country, as well as the world itself, Jenna, is that we're not celebrating the uniqueness of people. There's this thing, what what people are using to divide us is exactly what is attractive to me about the human race, Jenna Smith. I have a funny Canadian story about that. So I was in Toronto. Toronto, like you're saying, Taz, we have all the different representations of different countries. Like you can go to one neighborhood and you're in China. You can go to the other neighborhood and you're in like Russia. Like it's just so cool. Like and and they have their own culture and they're Canadian anyways. So I am I'm coming back to Goderich, 8000 people, my hometown, and I'm driving in Toronto and everyone's very aggressive, like very aggressive drivers. And then I'm in Goderich and somebody goes on the stop sign they start driving and it was my right of way and i like i'm like like i do this driving tourette's thing and then i look through the car and i see (laughs) that it's my friend's mom from grade school i'm like oh it's Susie, Susie, and i was just Susie, you little bitch Susie, Susie. oh i can't hate Susie. anyway that demonstrates that story perfectly and i just melted all of the aggression Mm -hmm. that has happened to me before I love that. Like, I love that. And what Jenna was saying, like, yeah. I love that's such a perfect example of everything. And it's it's funny with me. And this is I'm just going to get kind of personal here, but it is a global scale. Um, as soon as I started working with Muslims in the Middle East, uh, I learned I, I learned a lot more about like radical jihadists, the ideology, the intent, um, what they're thinking, what they want to do. And, you know, a lot of that evil that perpetuates that. But I, I started falling in love more with Muslims and with Muslim culture and with the Middle wow, East and cool. things like that. Wow. And the people because because there's so many of them just born into it. It's stamped there on their birth certificate. You're Muslim. And, and, and they don't understand things and they don't know things. They hate what the terrorists do. They just don't do anything about it. And so it was getting closer to them to say, okay, I can understand this now. And it, it, it's, it's stifled away at any kind of hatred, but just a real passion to make people understand, hey, let me tell you about the Hadiths that make them do what they want to do. Let me, let me go into this. And, and it's just more wanting to educate rather than needing to hate because that's the only option I have. Well said. So, Taz, you're, you're addressing the United Nations now. We know you have uh, your mindset, how you feel about immigration. Uh, you know the United Nations is full of nothing but buffoons, big targeted jackasses. <laughs> so you have a whole room full of big targeted jackasses. How do you want to address them on immigration for Europe and then the U.K.? You know, I think one of the big areas we need to look at, and it's so simple and it gets skimmed off, so, skimmed over so frequently. And I know we have some countries where it's so multicultural. We have these, you know, little little areas of different countries that are so, so have a different nation stamp. And that's all cool. But I honestly believe that what's causing so much of the backlash and so much of the hatred, and there is a lot of hatred and anger, is that there's no control over the amount of cultures who come and settle here or anywhere else and then try to turn the country they've settled in into a mini version of the one they've come from. And I honestly believe that's where a lot of the, again, that hatred and frustration is coming from. You know, I mentioned earlier that that around us there are so many Polish supermarkets. Fine, I don't care, but people driving through that, well, well, okay, this doesn't even look like England anymore. I think if there were more controls to allow people to, to come in, obviously you've got to have some kind of system to make sure you're not getting all those 
nefarious characters you've spoken about. But if there was some level of control to have that good old when in Rome do as the Romans do thing going on, I think we'd get rid of a lot of the issues straight away in terms of the perception of others. Because you're absolutely right. There are two I words going on here. The first one's immigration, but the second one is ignorance. And ignorance breeds hatred. So, you know, if I go to another country, I want to go and see that country. I, in just the same way, and this is what I was talking about at the beginning with cake and eating it, I don't want to go to another country and find that Brits have populated the businesses there and everything's been turned into a little Britain. I think the same is true. I think if we had some level of control in terms of, yes, make people at home, yes, of course, allow people to keep their faith, their beliefs and bring their culture into ours, but there needs to be a line. We don't, for instance, need in a little town like ours, lost count double figures in terms of Eastern European supermarkets. It's I think, I know I keep going on about that one point, but I think that's where so much of it comes from. That's part of the problem here is they don't want to mm. learn your language. They don't want to, they just want yeah. to bring their cult, they want to bring their country into yours. I think that's precisely the issue. And I think that's why we're having such a rub for me. Right. I bet if lots of people spoke honestly, it's not that there are so many people from a n other country here. It's that so many people from a n other country have come over and started to turn our country into theirs visibly. It's the facade. But again, the same applies elsewhere. And we were the original people going over and, you know, trampling over all over the original cultures. You know, we were talking about some of the indigenous people in the Americas a few moments ago. It's absolutely true. We have done it for years, but now we see the same thing happening to our own cultures and we feel uncomfortable. And I think that's where we need to just be a little bit careful. It's not so often about the amount of people coming in in terms of the kind of public outrage. It's that people are afraid because they are seeing their own culture being eroded. You see, Costa Rica hasn't crossed the road yet. They're not at the point of Europe and the UK and uh, where America is and even Canada for that matter. They're at a different moment of time because they want to attract these kinds of things, Shauna. They, they want yeah. to attract big industry, big people, big thinkers because they're a small mm -hmm. country, small people, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's really the difference. I mean, there's certainly a vetting process and everything that goes into place to become an immigrant here, but they're in such a different place uh, financially, economically, that it is a different viewpoint. And, and I, I think that's a really big difference when you are a wealthy country. You know, you're looking at immigration from a different standpoint than, uh, say, Costa Rica or any other country. And so they need financial investment. They need business here simply to, you know, feed their people, pave the roads, um, because it, it's at that level of of living here you can't be as picky maybe but still on the other hand costa rica you know does its humanitarian part of of the deal as well and so you know i i admire them for that they they really there is not a lot to spare here and they're still you well, know costa accepting rica people that of, many others don't costa rica is one of those um in that origin and geographical region region of the world it's one of the most pleasant countries uh, to interact with, and that's why a lot of Americans like it, and Canadians as well, obviously, uh, like it and enjoy. I, I always hear that from investors and people, uh, uh, Shauna, that love uh, Costa Rica because it's it's safer than a lot of other places. It's more hospitable. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Uh, the, the army was abolished here in 1949, so there's none of that... Um, Isn't that political amazing? Presence Isn't that amazing? Going on. So, I mean, it, it has 
has a very different feel from can you a lot imagine of other abolishing countries. your military i mean that's wild that is just freaking wild huh <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah but you know that again is a choice born out of poverty and it and it set them ahead of every other country in this region you know yeah, they but the put problem is they're not worried about another country space. taking them over shauna they're not worried about that well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess they're not. Uh, historically, Costa Rica has never been the valued plot of land in this uh, area of the world. So I guess they're banking on that still. Maybe. But, you know, Maybe. they're ahead in all other aspects. Literacy is extremely high, you know, in every other aspect. Um, they have benefited from not having a military for so long and spending wow. their money that way. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Very fascinating culture there and interesting. It is amazing, love. It is truly, truly amazing. What else is amazing is the 10 extraordinary women on this show, Life, Liberty, The Pursuit of Pleasure. Friends, we're back with a whole great season here of fantastic shows, conversation, content with some of the most brilliant minds, interesting people, great intellect. Uh, we'll have a couple laughs along the way. Uh, but uh, listen, there are three shows every day on America Out Loud Talk Radio. 5 p.m. is the live original version of that show, the latest. 11 p.m. is the encore. And in Europe, the next morning, 9 a.m. GMT for our friends throughout Europe. Thank you for being here and part of our journey here on Life, Liberty, and America Out Loud. Jenna Smith, Shauna Peters, Taz Thornton, Jennifer Breeden. This is Malcolm Out Loud to be continued, friends.